following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. What's up, Michigan? It's our number three on this Wednesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer and joining us in studio. Former major leaguer. He calls West Michigan home. Also an assistant coach with the powerhouse Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central Ranger baseball team. John Vanderwall joins us in studio. Uh, we catch up on the Tigers. Major League Baseball trending stories. How you doing, JV? Doing awesome. You know, me and you uh, talk a lot uh, off air, and since we began our conversations back in spring training, it was our eyes on Spencer Torkelson. And right around that first checkpoint, Charlie, for me, with Major League teams, which is Memorial Day, then Fourth of July, and Labor Day, we're getting to that point where a decision could be coming. Will Torque stay in Detroit, or will he be shipped down to Toledo? Will he stay or will he go now? Man, he's he gone. Good. You, live karaoke with John Vanderwall. He Only gone. He, okay, so. He's gone? You think he's going back down? Well, he needs to have a good week. It's strap it on now. He's got to because he's got five over 500 at-bats or at 500 plate appearances in the big leagues. He's a 200 hitter with 11 home runs. That ain't going to cut it. I don't care if you're a first-round pick. You've got 500 at-bats. You've got to perform. He's not performing. He needs seasoning. I've said it before. I'll say it now. He needs five, 600 minor league at-bats before he comes back up. He needs to prove to everybody that he can dominate triple A. He has to. Well, and there, there's, a, there's that line, and Scott Harris, the new Tigers president, talked about it, I think, at the winter meetings, where he wanted to get these guys to the big leagues to see who could make it. And who couldn't, but also that line I'm talking about, John, is when you destroy the confidence, right? That's exactly what we talked about early on, is the the confidence factor. My concern always was, if he got out to a fast start, it wasn't going to be a problem. Now, he's, he's, he's got, I think he's... 20 or two, 20 for 99, which is 206. I've been around baseball. You know averages. So he's got one more at bat. He gets a hit, 210. If he get, if he's an out, it's 200. Now you're at that level. Now you're at that level. You're going below the Mendoza line. That's a psychological thing. You mean that, below 200. Yep. So he's there. He's got a key. You got to stick kid. You got to, if you want to stay, you got to step up. The prima donna 10-5 stuff's got to go out the window. The, the jickety-jockety stuff with your hands and shooting arrows when you hit your second home run of the year. My God, your Major League Baseball lingo. It's I need a, a little book on what you're doing. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's some of the mannerisms of people that that play the game. Don't you do that if you're hitting 380 and you're one of the best players in the league and you're Bryce Harper, you can do that, right? Yeah, you yes. But when you're... When you're hitting... Uh, when you're barely hitting above 200... And your torque, because really, if you look at Torkelson, based on the Tigers who go back and forth like they did uh, last weekend, and they they beat some really good teams, and then they'll just lay eggs uh, in a game, and that's what you get with a young team. You know, I don't mind 
all the other bats and the young guys who are getting those Major League Baseball swings. And yeah, Green's only hitting 234, but my Lord, if he could hit around 250, 260 this year, that's what you're looking for. And, you know, bump it up to 280 next year. The only bat I really have a major concern with right now is Torkelson. I totally agree with you. And the, and the thing is, is that he did go through the month of April where there were flashes of he's way better than he was last year. I mean, I'll tell you that right now, way better than he is last year. However, he's not hitting. I mean, he's not, the average isn't there. And, and I'm tired of hearing he's hitting the ball so hard it's 100 mile an hour. Well, last year it was he's got such a good eye and we don't worry about him. Well, now it's, hey, he's hitting the ball so hard we don't worry about him. Well, look, the problem is everyone else is worrying about him because it, it's not there right now. He hasn't had enough minor league experience to get through the, the stuff that he's going through right now. Well, you're a former number one pick, and I said this before uh, we started this hour, JV, that you're you're going to get a longer leash. You're going to get more excuses for you because management, those that are still left over from the Alavila era, which is amazing that anybody connected to Alavila ding, ding. still has a job in the Tigers' front office, they're going to say, hey, man, you know, uh, they want to show Harris this is why we took Torkelson. And... But then there's the argument, well, if the team's not going to do anything and there's no expectations for the team, is he better off getting swings in Detroit, even if he's hitting uh, 200, than he is going down to Toledo, AAA? And my answer to that is no, because you, he has not had the minor league experience. I heard something about Trout having 1,700 minor league at-bats. Mike Trout did? Yes. 1,700 minor league 1,700 minor league at So bats. was he in the minors for almost four years? Yeah, well, he. I guess he, it, I mean, this was on one of the Tigers pre-game or post-game or radio or something I, 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 I heard. He was in the league when he was 17 years old, so. All right, so he went He went rookie ball, right. and he goes A at Paid 18, goes double A at 19, goes triple A, or maybe half double A to triple A 20, gets a taste at 21, and there's your... There's your seventeen hundred at bats, but and I and well, I forgot the GM's name and it's Bill Stoneman and Stone Stoney was with the Expos when man, I was. You good there. on names today? Jeffy. I am, man. I, mean, I took, a, I took like that, he's uh, money. You know that, that those pills. Oh, good. The, the, those, oh, thanks those, for just telling everybody. So today's Michigan, you know today's a good pills. day. I, I John's <laughs> feeling ecstasy, but didn't take no. ecstasy. <laughs> no, it sells pills in the it's in the drugstore for like eighty eighty dollars. They pop. You can you can you can think again. They're so. happy pills. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, you, hey. Oh, what? They're, they're, you can buy them in a drugstore over the counter, though. Yes. I just want to make sure we're sitting there. <laughs> but anyway, Stony, Stony, when he was oh, the expo, Stoney, Stoney, ironically, Bill Stoneman. Okay. Yeah, okay. There you go, Mr. Stoneman. Anyway, you had to dominate a level before you went up. You had to dominate. He might have dominated. He did dominate West Michigan for 26 days, which was way too short. Tore it up in Erie, right? And then he went to Erie. Nah, I don't think he tore it up. I mean, you got to understand, he hit, hit a lot of home runs, but it's a bandbox league. Yeah, but they were trying to make a package deal with uh, Green and Torkelson, and they were the future, and there was a marketing angle to the rapid movement in the minor leagues 
for Torque hitching a ride alongside of Green. Well, correct? I've seen some bad marketing ploys lately, and that 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 one, this one, hitching well, that was Alavila. Hitch they were you know, That's remember, dumb. you know, Sports Stupid. Illustrated uh, you know, a year ago. I last saw it. Right? I was like, you're you're setting this kid up for failure because he does not have enough. And experience. you did call that. I, I remember uh, some of the messages I got from you, JV, that you were all over. They they are pushing Torque too early. Yes. I mean, you can see, and it's just not me because I played big league baseball and this has been the majority of my life is this game. Even as a fan, you can see when a kid guy comes up, then you're going, wow, this guy can, he can, he's got good hand eye. He's putting the ball in play. You know, he's got power. He can go the opposite way. He's going to be okay. What I saw from Torkelson, the first spring training was swing and miss drop and collapse the backside and I believe when they made him a third baseman I think I told you the story and I might have told on air already is that they were panicking because what they saw because of COVID I believe they only had a short two weeks to see some of these kids play so they just went out and went 1-1 with this kid and they brought him in and they were like and 1-1 is the first pick in the first round you right, know? Okay, yeah. so they had the first pick but we're educating the baseball fans who are listening and they brought yeah. him in to that spring training thing to get everyone ready to play and they bring this kid in they're going uh oh not ready yeah they're looking at the swing and they're going we better cover our rear ends because let's make him he can play third base too because he's such a good athlete and then he did start to hit at west michigan he did great there but they just this is this whole thing has been horrible it's been horrible for the kid uh, he's been brought up way too early should be in triple a now he should have i mean he still maybe would make his day his major league debut maybe this year but instead they've just totally messed this up i hope for the kid that he gets on a hot streak now because then we don't have to have this discussion. Well, and he's going to go through those games where you'll see a game or two, uh, and you'll say, okay, he's got it going now. And then he'll disappear for seven games. And it's and it's the book that we discussed in our last in-studio appearance, and the book is what opposing teams have on you and pitches they know you struggle with. And they'll just keep feeding them to you until uh, you show you can hit them. Correct? Yes. And it looks like Torque has deer in the headlight with the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles has found something, and I, they have, they've abused them. And that's a, that's a hitter's ballpark. I mean, if you go in Baltimore, in Detroit, wherever you go and you play the Orioles, uh, and they're not that good of a team in my mind, I just think when you look at Comerica isn't a hitter's ballpark, even with the fences moved in. Uh, and you look at if you Correct. go to Camden Yards, you go to these small ballparks where or Milwaukee, wherever, wherever he's, he's, you know, he should be tearing it up. Milwaukee is, and I played there for a year. I love that one of the best hitting ballparks in America. And the Tigers did do well there, but I was not impressed with the Milwaukee Brewers there, nor their pitching. But that is one of the best hitting ballparks. Well, and, and pretty much, I think Torque has been to most ballparks in the major leagues. And he's just not settling into that everyday major leaguer. That's my point, whether you're playing in Detroit or Baltimore or Chicago or Milwaukee. I think without breaking down dimensions of ballparks, we both agree that he's not looking like an everyday major leaguer. And if you're Scott Harris and you're getting to that first checkpoint, JV, and you're saying, who do I have for next year that looks like they're major league ready? 
I'm not sure. Virling Green. Oh yeah, I'm talking young guys. Young guys. I love what Virling is. The, the the Wolf Kid. I mean, he's got some spunk in him. They've got some good looking. You know, hitters. Kill Badu. He'll he'll have those streaks too, where you'll say, okay, he's got it going on. I think you know. Uh, a couple weeks ago, when we were on here, all right, man, he's got a swing, and then he'll disappear. Yeah, he, he, he well, that's not, what he did the not, first time. He's on. not consistent, but what he did in his rookie year was outstanding. I know, but I, I, I still, in my mind, when I look at the the new young faces and the bats and the arms, and we'll get to the arms coming up in our next segment and the Tigers pitch. And by the way, John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, in studio. If you have a baseball comment. You can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Even Carpenter, you know, he'll have a, a three-game run, and you go, hey, I like that guy. And you look up, and he's hitting 217. You know, you look up, and Torque's a little over 200. You know, who are you're, – you're Harris, and you're trying to put together really the future, uh, the new Tigers president. And you're looking at what you've seen so far. How many pieces in terms of bats? If you're Harris sitting there and you've watched all the Tigers games and the first 100 at-bats for most of these guys, how many future five-year major leaguers do the Tigers have from the young group? Veerling Green? Yes. Those two, I would say, are locks? Yes. The other ones are still they're still up. Even Jake Rogers will look like he's swinging well, but then you step back and he's hitting a little over two hundred. He's catching though. I know, but with catchers, yeah, I, there's a different number required. I I only look right now, and nothing against Badu, Carpenter, Torque. I uh, hate to agree with you on Badu, but I I have I, everyday to. major league. I, I not, like not a, him. Not a role player. Not a roster spot. I know. I'm, I'm talking everyday guys, Virling and Green. So my point is. If you're Harris and you're going to sit down with Mike Illich, or Chris Illich, excuse me, if you're going to sit down with Mike Illich, you really have good connections. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to go to him. <laughs> Hello, hey, Jesus, can I talk to Mike Illich? Uh, we got some major issues. I normally want to ask this, but uh, yeah, what's your name? Uh, Scott Harris. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Perfect clean life. Uh, could I talk to him because we got to do something? I took this job and I need to talk to him. Oh. He's going to sit down with Chris Illich and he's going to go, look, if you want to be competitive, we are going to have to spend big bucks in the free agent market. I think that's where the Tigers are at. They have to, yes. That's it. No Their only way to contend in 2024. No doubt. Is you have to go, is it double your salary? Uh, cap, yeah. Whatever it is, you're going to have to go out and buy four or five roster players, three arms in the rotation. That's the only way you're going to be competitive. Absolutely. If you're going to rely on your minor league system, these are the best of the best when you had the number one farm system in baseball. <laughs> well, that, when you did, right? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm saying that. Oh, boy. Well, they were number one for a while. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Green and Torkelson were the yeah. second coming of, yeah. uh, you know, Tram and Whitaker, right? Yeah. yeah. Gibby. That was the that was the, big, the biggest running joke in I'm not pushing the panic button because you can go by needs. That's why there's a free agent market. You get a luxury tax. You don't have a salary cap. So you can buy your way back into contention. My worry is, will Chris Illich do this? Yeah, well, 
Yeah. He's he's spending money with the wings. I can go, I can start stuttering, but. He has to. He has to. You're going to draw people for summer weekend games, okay, because it's summer and you get the food, beer, which, by the way, the way these games are flying by, a lot of these stadiums now are cutting off beers in the middle of the eighth instead of the seventh. Yeah, he's going to have to go buy a team. That's it. It's pretty simple. And, and if and if Village doesn't allow him to do it, then again, I don't know what's written into his contract. I don't know what the uh, deal was to bring Harris in. But if you think you're going to rely now on young arms, young bats, you're you're seeing what the future is. The good thing. So if you're a Tiger fan, the good thing is is well, they got ten wins. And well, yeah, the good, the good thing is, and they beat some good teams in those 10 wins. Yes, that they have played where they've won games. They're, I still say that 65 wins is not out of the question. I'm telling you right now. They can, they're getting on some of these streaks, but these losing streaks, you know, they're just going to be inconsistent. And that is the name of the game, is that they have to get better and they have to stay consistent. they gotta, they got to be able to hit the ball more than two or three games in a row. You've got to be able to go six, seven, eight games, go a week where you're, you're pretty steady. Right now you do not see that with anybody. I mean, McKinstry's been, been doing pretty good. But let's see how long, that, how long can you sustain. When you look at Miguel Cabrera in his prime, how long could he sustain? Boy, I mean, Miguel he could stay just, for weeks. He'll have a swing once in a while, but you know, below the Mendoza line of two hundred. Yes, now, but when his prime, he could he could maintain for weeks where he was just on he it for weeks. for a year. Yeah, where he you know he'd go into a little you know a little mini slump here for a couple games, and bam, he's right back and he's rolling again. He's rolling. He's rolling. Right now, we have nobody that is rolling who can do that right now. But I still do like a lot of these young hitters. They still have some appeal, but yeah, the Torkelson experiment, and maybe it's some of it, sometimes I just look at look at the way that it, he looks like he acts, I don't know, but I don't like people who come in, and maybe he's the best guy, and I'm off my rocker here, but he just looks like a prima donna out there, and you can't be a prima donna in this game when you're hitting 200 and you have less than a year in the big leagues. And if you're Harris and you look at Toledo, which you've already tried to bring up a couple of guys, you know, Badu, Navin trying to eject some youth, see if they're ready. You know, you you have a few at double A, but that minor league system is not major league ready. It's not, you know, and I go back to the, you know, the kid who went to the Nationals, uh, Candelario. I mean, I, I, I don't know how he's doing, but... To me, that was that was a no brainer. Maybe he wasn't a good. Maybe there was something other than baseball ability is why the, you know he left. But that that to me was a no brainer to keep him for for the amount of money that it would have would have taken. But I mean, it's not a it's not a game killer. But yeah, but, just, but Harris was pretty transparent. The new Tigers president that he was going to use this year to yep. see what young bats and young arms were ready to be major leaguers. Well, we're 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 a seeing. Well, it's a hundred, you know, it's a hundred at bats, and it's, yep. it's a third of the way almost. Uh, you know, when you get to that Memorial Day weekend, there's still, you know, the month of May that you know Torque or anybody in that lineup could get on a hot streak. I, I just don't see it coming, and there'll be sporadic games. But I am impressed with how they battle. That they're, when you look at their wins, the quality teams. Yes, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I I am. 
I, I like where they're, I mean, they are competing. It's that kind is of strange to sit here and sound like we're trashing the Tigers, but this really is an experiment year, uh, experimental, whatever phrase you want to use. And they're going to see, okay, we got this, you know, first month here. What's the second month? You know, I, I think Torque will get to mid-May, another couple of weeks, right, you think, before they'll say, hey, he needs to go down to AAA and get some confidence? I I believe there's probably discussions now about it. There has to be. You, you have to start thinking about the kid himself and his mental. And who makes that decision? Is that Harris? Is that Hinch? Is well, that I a combination? I think it's both of them. they got to sit there and go, look at where, look at, you know, We've got the announcer saying that every ball he hits is a hard hit ball. I, I, you know, you're just you're trying to camouflage him as much as you can and shield and they, him. They, they, they've moved him down in the lineup, right? And yeah. he hasn't got on that eight for ten, nine for eleven that run. A couple homers, couple yeah, doubles, that, right? that, yeah, that sustains you, and it, it just hasn't happened. And the, in my opinion, the way that he was swinging early, that should have happened, and he just couldn't keep couldn't keep the consistency. So is it talent, is it confidence for Torkelson? I think it's both right now. I look at both. So are you saying he wasn't worthy of being the overall? I can't say that now because they, 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 right? didn't, they, didn't, they didn't go through the, the process that they needed to do to get this person ready to play in the big leagues. Well, and they, going through Avila and Harris and then guys left over in the middle, so it's tough to point the finger. It's tough to truly evaluate with a team that has zero expectations, right? Yep. Uh, and you know who's because you know in baseball, Johnny, uh, you're protected. Who who's hitting in front of you where you see pitches? Tigers really know when you go through the lineup. It's good to see Baez. I mean, him hitting above two thirty seems like the guy is an MVP candidate right now. Uh, but you, you know, you know baseball. You need protection in that lineup to see quality pitches to hit. You're right. And when your entire lineup isn't hitting, except for well, when you got Torkelson McKinsey behind you, Veerling, that's not. I mean, when you got they're going to pitch around you. Yes, when you got Spencer Tor- when Baez has Spencer Torkelson both, behind it you, it works both ways. Yes, right? it does. Uh, I mean, that's why Jeff Kent was such an unbelievable player and how he protected Barry Bonds all those years. They had Kent behind him, and Kent did damage all the time. Because Bonds got walked like with bases loaded. He still did, but they still had to think about it. I loved it when the Dodgers walked him with bases loaded. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Bases loaded. Give it up a run to somebody with Bonds. Kelly Leak. I mean, he was the he was the greatest. But yes, you're you're totally right with that. We got, but Bias. I think Bias will end up. By July, he's going to be 275, 280. Yeah, and then Rodriguez probably traded for prospects, but then why would you do that if you got a number one for 2024 in Rodriguez because he wants to go play in a winner, right? I would want to. Yeah. So, all right, Johnny Vanderwall in studio. One final segment together. We'll talk about the Tigers pitching. Get your thoughts on where that's at. If you have a Tigers MLB question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's one eight six six eight three eight huge at huge show on Twitter the huge show on Facebook and also opt in on that huge text chain text the word huge to twenty one thousand from Detroit to Petoskey this show is huge in the gym. 
sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Tonight, the Tigers play game two of their three-game series with the Mets at Comerica Park. Max Scherzer returns from a 10-game suspension when he was ejected, fined, and suspended for using a sticky substance in his last start against the Dodgers. The former Tiger returns to Detroit, one of his four stops, where he pitched for five years, won 70% of his games, won the first of his three Cy Young Awards, and was named to two All-Star teams and led the league twice in victories. You know, it remains hard to believe the Tigers never won a World Series with him and Verlander and Fister, Sanchez and Porcello, but Scherzer did give us some incredible memories, didn't he? And I'm sure Tigers fans will acknowledge him for it, especially tonight. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. Imagine this, a day filled with indulgence, bursting with excitement, and packed with extraordinary moments that build memories to last a lifetime. A day that is unmistakably yours, at the place that is undeniably spectacular. Whether you're winning big, dining lavishly, or relaxing oh so comfortably, it's your getaway reimagined at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. For a lot of us, music and mental health are intertwined. That's why the Collaborative Lab created Intune, a free live stream event, and you're invited. May 18th is Mental Health Action Day, so take action for your own mental health by joining us from 7 to 9 p.m. Musical performances and conversations with the Verve Pipe, Barrel Bones, Carlos Cece, Cole Hansen, and more. Visit IUnderstandLoveHeals.org to learn how you can join the party for free. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on this Wednesday edition on The Huge Show across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. Remember, if you miss any huge opinion, interview, hour, or show, our podcast are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts. And John Vanderwall, former major leaguer out of Hudsonville, Michigan, played at Western, uh, an illustrious uh, big league career, uh, one of the great pinch hitters the game has ever seen. He calls West Michigan home, joining us in studio. Conversation on the Tigers, Major League Baseball. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the Mets, and you're thinking about Verlander and Scherzer. And we talk about what could have been. Because you look at that 2006 till 2014 run, and you think, man, there's at least one, if not two rings uh, left on the table. The transition when Mike Illich passed away to Chris Illich, uh, the managers from Osmus to Garden hired to where we've been and sit today. 
you know, to me, when I look at all the great talent, even J.D. Martinez still tearing it up for the Dodgers, did they, did they clean house too soon? Did they not have the right transition? Could they be better as a franchise and competitive right now in the AL Central if they would have done things differently in terms of what guys they kept and who they let go? As a Tiger fan, you sure wish they would have kept those guys for a, lo- for a while. Well, was, it, was it feasible, though? Because there was such a market demand, right? in terms of money out there that they couldn't pay everybody. Well, they did offer Scherzer a huge contract. I, I believe they did. How and here, but here didn't Verlander again. and Scherzer have what wasn't I'll tell you this Verlander, Verlander story e- in a second. E- e- ego battles on Verlander wanted to be the highest paid guy on the team. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. But I know that there was a lot of people within the Tiger organization back when they were in the World Series in Boston when Scherzer came out of that game, they didn't want him around Detroit anymore. He came, once he came on the sixth or seventh, he was yeah. just blowing people away. Don't, don't talk to me about that. Okay, series. so that, well, no, I'm there, I know there was another, a lot of people that were World Series very right. upset about that. That that he could have finished that game. I mean, you're in October, you got to go. Was that Jose? He was dominating. I don't know that who game. Was, oh my but, god, that bullpen. Um, the Verlander thing, and this is the only thing that I will support Avila on, and and what he got in return. When they made that trade, Verlander was throwing about 91 miles an hour. His curveball was about 79. He was a three three or four starter at that time. This is the only time I will support Al Avila. There get, wasn't a whole I mean, value, right, for him? The value. They got, they got some guys, but he was not pitching that well at that time. I mean, he was still competitive with the Tigers, but they wanted to get rid of the contract. And he went over to Houston and just turned the, lights, the light switch on. And he went from like 91, 92 to 96, you know, in, in a week. Because you know he was energized, but at that time he was not what he even is now. Yeah, because when you look at it, I, there, there's a bad like JD Martinez, and you look at his stuff. I made that trade, by the way. I was part of that. You I were? was I was working for Arizona. I was like, dude, we got to get this guy because really? I knew that. Yeah, because there was a fire sale, and everyone knew there was a fire sale with the Tigers. They, yes, right. So yeah, I was the one who got that. Well. Really? I, that's awesome. Thanks for raiding the Tigers and coming in the studio. Because <laughs> we were looking for hitters over there because we were well, making a little bit that, of a run. I said, do, did, and th- did that was need, in April. Well, it's kind of my question to you, Johnny. Did they need to have that fire sale? Because the Tigers had success for, you know, that eight-year run, right? Where, Probably the best starting rotation I've ever seen. Oh, Porcello, Anibal Sanchez led the yeah. American League in ERA. And then you even rotated out when you... When, when Scherzer, you had Scherzer Verlander, uh, and then when they still stayed competitive, David Price came in there. I mean, you had Porcello, uh, like I said, Sanchez. I mean, think about and and Dombrowski just couldn't put together a bullpen. Yeah, how about that? I... Yeah, well, with all, you could put together one of the greatest rotations that's up there, like with Glavin, Maddox, and Schmoltz, right, with the Braves. And you had a hitting lineup. Oh, think about what they had. Oh, my God. Gosh, with One of the, I mean, J.D. and uh, Miguel and Carlos Guillen. Or how about Leland in uh, resting Polanco on a weekend where you could clinch the division. You got stuck with the one-game playoff. Then he got extra innings, and they're going, put Verlander in to give your team hope. And then afterwards, the reporters... Asked Leland, why didn't you get Verlander in the game? He goes, I was saving him for the New York series. It didn't happen. It was a one-game playoff. Oh, God. 
They had look at look at the lineup they had. I mean, I remember going. They should have won at least two World Series. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I remember going in there scouting, and I I hated doing it because it was so cool in the summertime that every night you were there, there was thirty six thousand people. Yeah, forty thousand, right? All close or to forty, whatever. I mean, I mean, it was almost a sellout every single night, and, and that is so cool as a baseball player to be able to do that. But it was really cool to see because I am a Tiger fan, love the Tigers. But it was, it was so cool to go in and just watch all the people. It kind of sucked trying to find parking they spots. They were rock stars. And all Scout, but I mean, it was it was it was rock star baseball. It was awesome, and it really was. And they had that run, and remember, they had bottomed out before that, right? We we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and you know the 119 losses, and they found their way back. And it was Pudge Rodriguez. Remember that signing when it kind of validated that the Tigers are on the right path. And there you go, and Megs and the epic home run against the A's, and then. They decide to rest Kenny Rogers. Don't throw him in game one because they're at home. And Leland overthought everything. And boom, you fall apart. Can't make a play defensively against the Cardinals. You give up that series ring. Then Boston, you're dominating them with that pitching. You knew you had to minimize your bullpen as much as possible, especially when in Fenway. And you give that away, and they... Win a World Series ring, and my God. Yeah. The one bright spot I can see, because I, I, I've liked what this GM has done, the guys he's brought in. You know, what Tampa Bay has done is unbelievable. You know, how their minor league system has been able to carry that team. Maybe this guy can do that. Maybe this guy brings in the guys. Maybe this guy has the scouts out there, you know, the on the amateur side that can that can find this talent that can stockpile the minor leagues because I mean you just you're an, I am in awe you, I, I, I'm in awe of the, the Tampa Bay their Devil Rays totally in awe of them because their minor leagues sustain their big league club and there's not many teams out there that do that and they have a few deals like Paredes so now you're getting a former you know Tiger that. Wasn't good enough to crack their everyday lineup. Uh, JV, we'll catch up on the Tigers pitch and get your thoughts next time you're in the studio. Good stuff today, okay? 10-4. Yeah, John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, talking Tigers and MLB baseball in studio on this Wednesday broadcast on the only show willing to tell it like it is. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police reminds us that when it comes to child abuse prevention, we can always make a difference, and we can do that starting now. Be kind and be strong for the kids who need our help. Be mindful of how much every child matters. Create a safe, loving environment for all children. Today, tomorrow, and every single day, we can light the way for a child who needs us, and we can do that starting now. Attention hockey parents, the Meyer State Games of Michigan is holding tryouts for their Summer Games Hockey Tournament. Use coupon code HUGESHOW for 10% off registration when you go to stategamesofmichigan.com forward slash hockey. The 1-2. Right side to- 
Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in downtown Grand Rapids, and now they're stronger than ever before with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew. Now, Dorn Mayhew is an east side firm. Now you get the west side of Michigan with Bean Carter. And whether you're a small business or big business, they can handle all of your accounting and business needs at Bean Carter. Just go to beancarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. And I mentioned with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew, they cover all of Michigan, the Midwest, and coast to coast. Find out how the pros at Bean Garter can help your business today. Go to beancarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Com. And I know Tom Rosenbach and his team are so happy about their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew. Breaking Benjamin. Live in concert in Grand Rapids. With special guests, Bush. And Another Day Dawns. See them live at Van Andel Arena, May 16th. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. more, visit BreakingBenjamin.com. Get tickets now. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It's time for another True and Blue segment presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Every week, we get together with leaders in law enforcement throughout the state of Michigan. And I've watched this guy over the last year when he took over as chief of police for the Grand Rapids Police Department. Eric Winstrom made the move up the coastline from Chicago to GR. And leaders shine when it hits the fan and also when they celebrate being a part of the community. And that's what Chief Eric Winstrom has done and a little over one year in Grand Rapids. Welcome to the Huge Show, and welcome to True and Blue. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. I appreciate you letting me be here. You know, and I think being a leader, you have to have a resume that gives you so many different perspectives. So before coming to Grand Rapids, uh, you were in Chicago for over 20 years and various jobs connected to the Chicago Police Department. What did you learn in Chicago that's helped you here in Grand Rapids? Well, uh, I did have a very, I feel very fortunate in Chicago that I was able to, uh, in such a, a large department like Grand Rapids with many similar op- opportunities to move around, I got to bounce around a lot to different units. And so I got to experience everything from, you know, the investigation side of things, the administrative side of things, legal side of things. Um, and what I, uh, I guess what I learned most was you're going to encounter challenges in policing, whether it's a, a, a giant police department, uh, or a small one. And um, 
but the experiences there taught me that we can overcome challenges, you can get through. Policing is one of those professions you can make a positive impact on people's lives every day. And if you don't get bogged down in all the negative, if you keep that positive perspective about uh, the meaning of what it is we're doing, you can have a great career. I had a wonderful 20-plus years in Chicago, and uh, I've had a great time so far here in Grand Rapids. We've had our challenges, and uh, we're going to keep having our challenges, but we're going to keep pushing forward and uh, making progress. Surrounded by a great team here, this is a fantastic super professional police department with great people and a great city. Um, I feel very fortunate to be here. And it's our first conversation, whether it's on or off air, with Grand Rapids Chief of Police Eric Winstrom joining us on True and Blue, presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Uh, each and every week we talk with leaders in law enforcement. And to lead, you have to learn. You have to go through the process. And you just mentioned uh, that two decades in Chicago, uh, you lived in different parts of the country growing up. Uh, you got your BS in administration of justice, and that would be a degree, not the Bill Simonson School of Law Enforcement at Rutgers and went to Brooklyn Law School. So along the way in your law enforcement career, uh, what what have you learned about what's necessary uh, to be a leader of a police department? Well, I guess the the most important thing is that you're going to need uh, you're going to need help. You're going to need help for the from the community, but um, you're really going to need help from your team. And uh, first and foremost, you got to keep treat your team like a family. And remember, this is a it's a quasi military organization. People think they're going to come in as you know a supervisor, or a chief, and just give orders to people. But uh, these are real people. Um, good men and women who work uh, on the police department, and you have to treat them like family. You have to show them support, show them respect. And, uh, you know, our biggest challenge right now in certainly the Grand Rapids Police Department and many police departments across the country is recruiting. And uh, uh, people are always looking for the magic bullet for recruiting. You know, how, what job fair are you going to go to or what are you going to put on social media? But the answer to being able to recruit and, and retain a great staff is treating your people well. So the most important thing for the chief to do is to know, got to take care, got to take care of the troops here. And um, I'm trying my best to do that. You know, when you look at the different jobs, whether it's civilian jobs inside uh, the Grand Rapids Police Department, sworn officers, uh, over 4,000 openings in law enforcement statewide uh, in Michigan, and the opportunities are there with the Grand Rapids Police Department. I saw the list of canine bomb unit, federal state task forces, crisis negotiations, special response team, mental health, co-response teams. Uh, you have forensics units, uh, victim services, crime analysts, neighborhood-based crime prevention, and also you operate the 911 dispatch center uh, for the city of Grand Rapids. So anybody listening right now uh, looking for a career in law enforcement or connected to it, uh, what's the easiest path? Uh, to make that first move and see if there's a fit? The easiest path path for the Grand Rapids Police Department is go to joingrpd.com, and that has uh, direct contact for our recruitment team. It's got information about the police department, information about programs. If you're you're a, a, a youth in the Grand Rapids area who's just thinking about down the road getting involved in uh, law enforcement, it's got our youth programs there. And, um, you know, you'll be able to sign, sign up for a ride-along 
if you're considering to join in the police department and see it's important to get out on the street, spend a day with a police officer, see what the job is really about and see if it's, it's the right move for you. So join GRPD.com. I would love people to check it out. Yeah. Join GRPD.com. Simple and easy. Where are you at right now on staffing with officers? How many more officers could you use? I know you have to work with the city. There's budgets when you get into a bigger police department. Uh, there are stepping stones to increase in your force. But how many officers do you have right now? How short are you? And how many openings? We've got about 265, 270 officers. We've got at least 35 vacancies as of today. Wow. And that doesn't take into account all the officers who are getting to that time in their career where they're about 50 years old and, and looking to, to move on from law enforcement or move, move to a different profession or move to retirement. And uh, there was a big hiring push in the late 90s. And those officers, probably 30 or 40 more officers, are starting to, to, uh, to take a look at maybe moving on from this career. So we're going to have a, a lot of opportunities to hire, a lot of room for advancement and career opportunities within the police department for those specialized units for promotion over the next coming years. So this is a great time to start here. Join GRPD.com. That's joingrpd.com. Eric Winstrom, a little over a year as a chief of police for the city of Grand Rapids, and he's connected to communities, neighborhoods. Uh, Also, you have a guy, a pillar in the community, Johnny Brand Sr. with Voice for the Badge, and he's there for the great men and women of law enforcement in Grand Rapids, Kent County, and across our state. If you support law enforcement, just follow and like Voice for the Badge on Facebook and on Twitter. I just joined their advisory board, and I know Johnny speaks highly of Chief Winstrom and what he is doing. Uh, challenging Johnny's times. A great guy and a great supporter. Yeah, he is, man. And, and like you said to start this, challenging times, but you're working your way through it. You have openings, uh, and things will get better. And they are getting better. Yep. No right? doubt. No doubt. All right. Yes, uh, Chief Winstrom, I appreciate your time uh, here on True and Blue, presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. If there's anything uh, that the HUGE show or the Michigan Sports Network can do to help uh, the Grand Rapids Police Department, let me know. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. All right. Chief Eric Winstrom from the Grand Rapids Police Department, the chief, uh, joining us on True and Blue, presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of police. Big. Bad. Huge.